Oh man, we're old. <laughs> yes, we're old. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the part where we should just comp- contemplate our own mortality. <laughs> um, just have a moment of silence for for old Pav and E. We're not dead yet. <laughs> And that's a great place to start. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you think? Yep, let's do it. (laughs) I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, How you doing, folks? How you feeling? Yeah. Have you... uh, you Relieved. Are you still nursing your week-long hangover from the stress drinking that I'm sure everybody's been doing? <laughs> Do you imagine some dude get goes into a coma just right before they announce the election results? And then, like, he comes out of a coma, like, three days later. He's just like, what happened? You know? <laughs> oh, man. It was... I mean, it was. It kind of felt like that. Uh, uh, I was telling you before we started uh, the show that I, I couldn't subject myself to hours upon hours of seeing the results roll in. So I just distracted myself. I went to the gym. I came home. I prepped dinner. And then I watched a movie, which we'll be talking about later in the podcast. And by the time I finished all those activities, it was you know well after midnight. And that's when I allowed myself to see where the election was at because you know i think we're all still traumatized from 2016 and seeing that slow uh (laughs) disappointment it was just it was just the worst i was just like i can't do it to myself i just want to know just rip the band-aid off either way i i totally agree with you i i really see the thing is that i wanted to find that um that balance in my life that night you know, I wanted to strike up a balance where I was just like, you know what? I cast my vote. Uh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to chill out. I got a bunch of movies I want to check out. I got uh, maybe you'll catch up on some shows, maybe watch some Gundam. I don't know. And that didn't happen. Uh, what happened instead was uh, <laughs> I started what I, I i tried to watch a couple of simpsons episodes and i was just like i'm just gonna watch a couple of simpsons episodes and for every simpsons episode that i watch i'm gonna like after it's over i'm gonna turn on to M- msnbc i'm gonna look at what's going on right mm-hmm. that happened i got through two episodes before i was just like fuck the simpsons and then i was just like <laughs> just glued to my television set and then you know they were just like well looks like trump's gonna win and i was just like (laughs) i was just kind of marching around the apartment just like oh you know under my breath i must have sounded like a fucking serial killer like i'm just like god damn motherfucker now now who said that in in regards to the results uh and at what point like do you remember no it it just looked like they were just like uh they said georgia's going red philadelphia like pennsylvania's going red um and people uh, people on twitter by the way worst my i think the worst decision i've ever made is to have a twitter page for us (laughs) right because i'm on twitter a lot 
and I think I do it just to like it's like torture porn. I just <laughs> I subject myself to the worst of the worst people. Like the, the they're the dregs of society on Twitter. I'm sorry. I know it's like a very popular platform, and then there's just like all the cool kids are on it. But man, it's like humor doesn't exist there. Mm. And and on the other hand, it's just like if you want to get yourself mad, if you want to get yourself pissed with other people's horrible takes on on society at large, go to Twitter because it's just I, I, I don't know why I do it. I don't know why I do it. Mm. Um, it's it's one of those things. Sometimes you you can't help but to jump into the fray, even though, you know, ah. I'm going to come out of this with a whole bunch of welts and scratches. Um, it's uh, that that happened to me just before Election Day. I got into some argument with some troll on some page and I pointed out their white privilege and I got banned for 24 hours <laughs> for banned. for using the term white privilege like they it was like, oh, you violated our community rules. Blah, blah, blah. I was just like. I didn't bully anybody. I just pointed out somebody's white privilege. That's a thing. Dude, fucking, I fucking hate, that's the reason why I'm just like, I fucking hate Facebook. Mm. And I'm like, why doesn't anybody start like a good, fa- like a Facebook that is like a good Facebook? Does that even exist where it's just like. They're, um, they're social media where it's like not as evil and they're not like they're not like, hey, you know, uh, if you're a Nazi, good on you. But, you know, if you say the words white privilege in a sentence together, um, <laughs> you're banned. You know, I think there are a few fledgling social networks out there that um, are trying to step up to the plate. The one that I've been seeing the most uh, is called Liker. L-I-K-E-R, and I think it's trying to position itself as the the more progressive version of Facebook uh, because I see a lot of pages, especially probably pages that both you and I follow that are uh, progressive in their their momentum uh, referencing posts that they make on Liker. So um, at some some point, I'm going to give I'm going to give that a shot because. I think that this like Zuckerberg opoly that is going on needs to it needs to get broken up because there are some serious, serious problems. It was like it was only like a week or two before the election where they were just like, you know what, guys, I think that we're going to start banning Boogaloo uh, Facebook groups. I think it's time. Yeah. Like Proud Boys and Boogaloo Boys. Yeah. It's just like, like way to go, Facebook. <laughs> like you're about you're about two years, two <laughs> to three years too late, but you did it. Good <laughs> on you, assholes. Fucking oh my god. But anyway, back to can I can I just I just want to go back to Twitter for a second. Oh yeah, I was yeah. Talking about like yeah, um, you know, on Twitter, uh, people were just bemoaning the fact that it was just like uh oh, you know. People were losing their minds. They were just like, oh, no, it's 2016 all over again. How could this many people have voted for Trump? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, how could like uh, how could this this how how could he have gotten so many fucking votes after all the awful shit that we've gone through? 
Mm. And that's still a pertinent point. We are surrounded by what seems to be a, a gaggle of assholes, you know, uh, who who just see what he's done to this country. And he's just like and they're just I'm already assigning him a gender. <laughs> Johnny John Q. Douchebag is just like, yeah, more of that. Let me get some more, you know, awfulness to go. Um, yeah. And not only that, but like, like the the statistic, it was like, so, and I, I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna spitball it. It's like fifty percent of white women voted for him. Fifty, like it's fifty-five. Got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> God. <laughs> There's an epidemic of Karens. Like I don't know where they like. The, and it's it's just it's radicalization. It's just radicalization. Like they were Karens, they were sort of Karens before, and then you know Trump came along, and he was just like, the brown people are gonna come into your neighborhoods, and they seem like like Black Lives Matter taking like gaining momentum. They see like you know people of color just coming together and protesting against the police, and they are threatened you know mm. I, and i you know i, I mentioned this uh, before in 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 social media uh that white for this this election to me was a testament to white fragility yes like, they see the power structure m- tilting they see the visibility the anger that people of color uh the black people the black community has um towards being targeted constantly and they're and they're scared because they think that it's that some kind of revenge is coming like because because they think that if they were in our shoes they would become violent of mm. course right mm. they take to violence but we're not that way but they but they think that so they're just like <laughs> oh my god my 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 citadel of of fragility is being threatened. I need to I need to vote Trump because he's the only one that can protect us. You know. <laughs> well, fuck what you heard. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely on the revenge tip. Um, as soon as <laughs> as soon as it's possible, I want a giant ass plantation to just grow marijuana, and <laughs> I'm gonna whip these Karens and make the. Make them work long ass hours while I sip nothing but uh, pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> Are you gonna grow like a, a Colonel Sanders style beard and just wear like a white? Are you gonna take to drinking mint juleps in the afternoon? What I'm gonna do to, to beat the terrible, terrible heat. You know? What I'm gonna do is try to grow the biggest sort of Kimbo slice kind of beard. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> I'd kill to see you fucking grow a Kimbo oh, slice. Oh, man. I am biologically incapable of growing a beard that, that thick and lush. But, you know, whatever. I can always get a uh, fucking face wig. I don't care. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's going to be revenge day. Now, obviously, I'm kidding. But these that's uh, the fact that there are some people with this even remote iota of fear in their brains is 
almost laughable if it didn't actually translate to votes, as you were just saying, that close to close to half of the people in this country still voted for the horrible job that Trump did. And a lot of that is based on, again, touching what you just said. It's it's not that they're excusing the horribleness. The horribleness is the point of his presidency. Like yeah, the, it's not a bug. It's a feature. Exactly. It's and it's it's a frightening thing. Um, the only uh, I'm taking solace in a few things, though, that one people who are opposite of that showed up, especially the most marginalized communities. Black people came out in record number record numbers and voted in indigenous folks of this country voted over oh, overwhelmingly dude. blue like it's something like 95 percent like wasn't even close i, I want to just take some time to thank um well i i, I want to thank all the communities of, of color specifically black women and indigenous folk mm-hmm. um because i think that they're the reason why this election was won uh, with a with a blue with with the blue ballots, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I, like I I just you know my I, I feel like my heart swelled up, you know, knowing that knowing that information, yeah, uh, <laughs> and it really. It really makes me feel good because it, it just feels like there are there are people out there that know what justice is, and of course they're in communities of color. You know, um, we also and, got we also got to live, give a little shot, not a little shout out, big shout out to um, Stacey Adams, uh, Stacey Abrams, Abrams. Right? Sorry, Ab- yeah, no, I, I I keep mixing those two uh, last names so much. Uh, Stacey Abrams, who who did a phenomenal job just registering people to vote. Like she's, she's a machine. And I think that she is a tremendous bright spot in the democratic party. Like the future has to involve her because she's, she's what's going to be, it's her and people like her, like the squad who are going to be the driving force going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the squad, uh, also doubled its numbers. Um, they they almost uh, tripled their numbers. A lot of more justice Democrats uh, got nominated into the House. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Congress people now, so um, I was really happy with that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, look, I, I I gained a lot of confidence when the ballots started coming in, and they were just like, well, it looks like Biden is climbing back up, you know. <laughs> And I was just like, it's all going to be blue. It's all going to be blue. Um, and and it turned out that way. And I had a reason to, after I, I, I saw that, 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 that uh, all the ballots were coming back, you know, votes for Biden, I was just like, I slept easy. I knew that he was, but it was tough, dude. It was tough, like 24 hours. <laughs> yes. Where I was just like. <laughs> Oh, my God, what's going to happen? You know, are we going to have to deal with four more years of this fucking dipshit? Like, I was uh, the sneaking dread of having to face a Trump presidency for the next four fucking years and for him to run around and gloat 
and and you know have Stephen Miller cook up even more evils. Mm. Um, I I was I was terrified, dude. I was ter- like I was like um, like uh, you know millions of other Americans. I was just fucking terrified. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, uh, the the following morning. Uh, as soon as I turned on the TV and started watching the news, it was just suddenly like the ballots started making themselves felt. It was, and I'm sure that you've seen it, but somebody appropriated the end of Avengers Endgame, the big battle scene, and uh, oh yeah, I saw that, <laughs> and basically made all the um, the sling ring circles that that Doctor Strange and the other sorcerers use. As uh, and the people who come through as a representation of the mail in ballots, and it couldn't be more true because it, it started, it just started turning states one after another. I mean, like Pennsylvania, uh, I was, I there's this um YouTuber that I watch who's very astute with his political observations, and he does a few live shows, and the following day. He was just monitoring all the mail-in ballots that were coming in. And when we were looking at Pennsylvania, the the lead that Trump had there was shrinking by several uh, percentages of a point during that broadcast. And it was just like, whoa, something's really happening here because this is changing fast, like really, really fast. And by the second day, when I saw that it kept shrinking, I was just like, Biden's going to take it. He's going to take that state. And that's one of the states that Trump simply couldn't lose. It's like no matter every path that they that they made for Trump, they were just like whatever, whichever way he's going to win. He has to he has to get Pennsylvania. Otherwise, he can't make it. Uh, Yeah. When 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 I saw I think it was definitely that when I saw the numbers for Pennsylvania come in and um, I saw Trump's lead start to dwindle, I was just like. Okay, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get some sleep because I'm pretty certain that all the mail-in ballots are just gonna be for Biden. And the fact that, and, and the, what solidified it for me was that Trump was starting to tweet like, <laughs> like I've, uh, like it, the fucking keyboard on his phone must have been smoking. It was just like, <laughs> like. 20 30 40 tweets per minute just like all caps like fucking this election is rigged <laughs> i'm so scared <laughs> i got a baseball bat by the door i don't there's not enough padlocks you know uh, mega 2020 uh, so i was just like uh okay so he's he's obviously scared for a reason and uh People were they had um, one of his uh, his fucking jerk offs monitoring the numbers that were coming out of Georgia. And they were just like they used the word oof. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, it's a done deal. You know, Biden's going to take it. So um, a, a couple of things now that we know that he's won. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and everybody acts like I, I know I'm cribbing from the fucking Internet. But everybody acted like the fucking Death Star blew up. Even Mark <laughs> Hamill put together a, like a supercut of everybody celebrating to Yub Nub. Right? <laughs> I got I to catch that. Oh, my yeah, God. Fucking, it wasn't Yub Nub, but it was the, 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 the special edition. Yeah. You know, that, that song where it's just like, 
it's the Star Wars theme, but kind of Puerto Rican, you know? Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, when that, after that happened and, and all the, all the, you know, the spontaneous dance parties happened, um, I started thinking about, like, I started seeing, you know, the news start to trickle out of CNN where, the, where people like, um, I forget what uh, I forget who uh, a bunch of conservatives were just like, oh, you know, now that you guys have won, how about, you know, you you cut us some slack and you try to reach across the aisle and you try to empathize with, um, you know, people who have basically told you to, uh, uh, you know, uh, suck a fat dick for four years. <laughs> um, and I was just like, really, it's really hard to empathize with somebody specifically telling me to suck a fat dick or eat a piece of shit or, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, shut the fuck up, Democrat, libtard, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to, to empathize with that crowd. I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. I don't think I can... I can do any kind of reaching across the aisle to any kind of proud or boogaloo or whatever hoogaloo, <laughs> fucking asshole boys uh, who d- are like, you know, our boy lost. Now, you know, you got to treat me nice. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck people who say that. And, um, you know, and fuck John Kasich because John Kasich, um, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I I just have, I just have, this is my good Pavel's gripe corner. You know, (laughs) here here come the gripes, (laughs) the gripes of wrath. I just imagine a whole bunch of grapes with, uh, with your face, like, uh, deep faked onto them, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> rise of Skywalker sucked, and, you know, fucking <laughs> we have too many seeds, <laughs> uh, spiders, you know, <laughs> so uh, John Kasich, uh, okay, so I saw him on CNN where he was like talking about like, oh, um, Biden won uh, because he didn't go far too left, and that's the, the reason why most Demo- the why the Democratic Party is in trouble. They're they're going too far left, and they need to they need to stop doing that and go further right. And I'm just like mother, you know. I, for one, uh, two things happened in my head. One, I was just like this motherfucker man mm-hmm. um, needs to shut his stupid fucking face. Mm. And number two. Um, I was just like too far right, like too far left. You couldn't get more centrist Democrats other than Biden mm. who wanted to cut social security at one point mm-hmm. and two, fucking Kamala Harris with her fucking crime, like crime bill. Look, I, and this sounds like I have a lot of, uh, like I'm, I'm shitting on the Biden and Harris train just because they won doesn't free them from critique all of a sudden. Right. You know? Exactly. If they if they represent change, I'll believe it when I see it. Like right. they're talking about the green new deal, I want to see it happen. They're talking about expanding the the Supreme Court, I want to see it happen. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'm going to assume that they're the same centrist democrats, you know, with fucking um I I want to see Kamala Harris actually come through with some 
some kind of legislature or some point of view that feels more towards like more like it's serving the greater good as opposed to you know uh, appeasing Mitch McConnell because by by uh, you know when Biden says we're going to come up with a bipartisan group that'll help us determine what judges come into the Supreme Court I'm like no don't f- are a bipartisan group look I understand reaching across the aisle but when has the right ever reached across the aisle to fucking do anything mm. Mm. They they basically stopped Obama from from nominating Merrick Garland, and now you're talking about reaching across the aisle to Mitch McConnell to help expand the Supreme. Fuck that! Mm. Sorry, I'm getting very upset. No, very true. Um, and this has been Pavel's Gripe Corner. Make sure to subscribe. <laughs> make sure to subscribe to this new podcast on uh, Stitcher and uh, OnlyFans. And. Uh... <laughs> Only on Radio Free Brooklyn, that's right, and on iTunes and on Google Podcasts. And <laughs> write us a review on iTunes, please. Um, but uh, no, you 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 totally hit it on the head. It, it, just because, just because we're all breathing a sigh of relief that Trump is not getting another four years, it doesn't mean that we don't hold um, these leaders uh, that we have now, Biden and Harris, uh, accountable. That's just what responsible democracy is. I mean. I do. I acknowledge that there are some serious issues in both their pasts uh, in regards to legislature that, you know, gives me some concern. You know, I want them to be I want them to be more left leaning and push especially progressive policies to the forefront. And just like you, I'll believe certain things when I see it. Um, I'm also choosing to be somewhat hopeful of where they are now as people. For example, it might be a minor thing, but I kind of admire that Biden chose uh, Kamala Harris as his running mate. Now, I know that to a very big extent, that was a strategic move. A woman of color, you know, all all those things together helped to uh, galvanize the base. But at the same time, Kamala really went after him during the debates. I mean, there was a point. Yeah, she fucking kneecapped him a couple of times. <laughs> there was there was a um, point where, like, just before they were about to, you know, take the stage and everybody's shaking hands, he's just like, you know, take it easy on me, kid. You know, he's like, he he actually <laughs> said that to her, and and there were reports that he was he was kind of miffed at at some of the things that she did, but the fact that afterward, after he had uh, gotten the nomination, and he was looking around and he was just like, you know what? You know, she's she's good. Like she's she would be she would be a good running mate. It's it's uh, in comparison to the lowest bar that we've had for the past four years, which is the Trump administration. He didn't choose somebody who is going to be a sycophant like this is a woman with her own mind and her own and her own trajectory, some of which we will not agree with. But at the very least, she's not she's not a lackey. You know, and I think that's a good thing. And in regards to Kamala, I think that she, over the past few days, shoot, over the past few weeks, um, since she got the, since she was tapped by Biden to to be his running mate, um, I feel like she's kind of grown into her role more. I feel she she realizes that it's more than just 
her career now. She is now a symbol. Um, and I feel like I feel like she it's it's helping her gain perspective. I hope that she will take that momentum and that realization into, you know, the job for the next four years and remember that, you know, that she she needs to evolve. But it that's the hope that I'm uh, choosing to look at with those two. But uh, but yeah, again, right. we, we gotta we gotta keep their feet to the fire. You know, we can't if we go through these next four years just trying to get back to normal, like pre-Trump administration, that's going to spell disaster for the Democrats in 2024. Um, yeah, because because people are just not having it. We've been through way too much. Uh, in, and I, yeah, yeah. No, no, please. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I, I understand. There are going to be certain setbacks, right? With regards to um, Mitch McConnell, you know, they keep electing that. Kentucky loves an evil bastard. Oh, and they God. Can, Republicans still have control of the Senate. They're going to make Biden's life a living hell. Hmm. And if he's going to kowtow to the, the Republicans, you know, with Mitch McConnell's fucking, you know, goon squad of like stonewalling him and preventing him from doing shit. I'm not expecting anything to anything substantial to happen for at least two years. Mm, mm. So that's two years in the garbage. Right? A- anything, anything outside of executive orders. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, I'm not expecting much to get done. I'm actually expecting him to appear like a lame duck president for about for two years. Um, and, Two th- another thing that needs to happen. Trump needs to go to jail, right? Mm. Uh, simple as that. Trump needs to go to jail. He needs to – somebody needs to they, – they they need to bring all the litigation that needs to – that is like has been building up over the course of his presidency, which he's been able to like fucking deflect because he's hidden behind the power of the desk and the Oval Office, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's going to become exposed to it and – I think that it seriously needs to happen because if if nothing happens, if Biden, and I'm saying this is a big fucking if, right? If Biden doesn't, um, if Biden chooses to ex- uh, uh, to pardon him, I'm going to fucking I, I, I'm going to flip out. I'm just going to fucking. You know, I, I, I I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand there, fucking slack jawed at the spinelessness. That's when I know a fucking, uh, uh, you know, Biden is truly a spineless president. But at the same time, th- this is all speculation. I, I don't think he's gonna do that. But I, I, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah, because I think that if if Trump is bad now as a president, I think that he has the potential to become a thorn in the side of uh, democracy in general by trying to lead from the shadows. Mm. Like it, it just reminds me of that Battlestar Galactica episode with Tom Zarek. Oh my God. Look how <laughs> I tied it into pop culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's, he, you know, he's trying, he's trying to gather a mutiny of his followers, you know, mm. uh, and he's got from from the looks of the fucking electoral college map, he's got quite a few. Hmm. Hmm. So the uh, but the thing uh, the thing I agree with you with is that there needs to be there needs to be litigation against him uh, 
as soon as he's out of office. And I think that's something that's definitely going to happen because the case against him has been building even since slightly before his presidency. But everything that's come out uh, from certain details in the Mueller report, a lot of people think that the Mueller report exonerated him when it didn't. There are very specific details within that report that lend themselves to a myriad of, of a whole bunch of other cases. So what I want to see specifically is the same the same frequency at which we saw Trump sort of dole out his policies by strong arming and somewhat, you know, illegal procedures uh, throughout his administration uh, throughout his administration. I want to see that frequency in regards to uh, court documents, in regards to coin, uh, court appointments, details coming out on a monthly, even sometimes a weekly basis, just to show the entire country. And a certain population won't care. I acknowledge this, but to show that everything that you believed of in this guy was just shielded by the immunity that he gets from the presidency. Now that he is no longer protected by that, you need to see that not only was this guy cutting deals and screwing people over and just straight up lying to you this whole time, but everything that you like to tout in re- that that side likes to tout in regards to, oh, you know, promises made, promises kept. I want the details of that to come to public. I'm pretty sure all the 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 stuff, the sexual assault charges, um, the tax the tax evasion shit is probably going to come to light. I mean, it, uh, granted, it, it'll take some time because as we speak, you know that there are paper shredders that uh, are shredding secrets that they'll never breathe the light of day, right? Um, there, you know, there are bodies in the desert that'll never like there that'll never come to light mm. but i mean like if they can screw up the four seasons hotel <laughs> versus <laughs> the, the four seasons landscaping company um if they can screw that up one of these assholes that's protecting them is gonna fold like a fucking you know like origami. Oh yes, that is a colossal fuck up. On on, on which is <laughs> I couldn't believe that <laughs> shit. Oh god, it was right next to an adult store as well. Like it was. Yeah, it's it's like, it's, it's right next to a fucking dildo shop and across the street from a crematorium. <laughs> so some you're either getting off or you're getting off. You know. Um... <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. That thank might. You th- I think you think you think That might be the clip. That might be the clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, I mean, it's that level of incompetence that thing that makes me think one of these things is going to end up burying him. Mm. One of these things, or a few of these things. It doesn't matter. You know, it's yeah. just like I just want to see him and his whole fucking family go under like pay for all the injustice that's that's been taking place i'm talking about like the thing that that made me that jumped out at me as soon as like i heard that biden got elected i was just like dismantle those fucking cages that those kids are in Mm. like 
Mm. Bring them back to I don't know. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how much research is required, how much manpower it costs. I if there it means raising the taxes, I'm for it. If those kids can see their parents again, yes, because um, that is something that makes me it fucking boils my fucking blood. Yep. Yep. I com- <sighs> I completely I completely agree. There needs to. I mean, the same way Biden is announcing his uh, coronavirus task force on Monday, um, he needs to put together a task force to reunite the 545 or so uh, children that are lost in our system uh, from the uh, the family separation policy uh, that was set by his administration. That is that that's a sin. That's a sin for our country. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's it's fucking internment. It's like these are fucking concentration camps, and like no matter and like you know the conservatives and Republicans are, are just going to be like they're not they're not uh, they're not cages. It's a summer camp. It's a magical wonderland full of water slides uh, and cotton candy. And I'm just like, then show a video, and then they're just like, no, yeah, yeah, and then. Uh, you know, I, I, it's just I, I that needs to be uh, prior one of the top priorities, if not the priority right now. Yeah. Other than, of course, you know, getting a Corona, uh, a COVID fucking task force because it's it's getting <sighs> it's getting worse. Like we're we are a full almost nine ten months into this pandemic. And it's actually getting worse now in regards to... Yeah, it's gathering momentum now. The, the number of yeah, infections per day and the, the amount of deaths per day, it's still, it's still going up. And it's, it's unbelievable. The rest of the world is like moving on somewhat. And we're just like, oh, do-do-do-do-do. Um, uh, yeah. So, I, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess to, to finish up touching up on this election... Um, let's all breathe a sigh of relief there. There's still going to be some shit between now and January 20th. Uh, you can bet that, I mean, we've already seen it, that the Trump administration is filing lawsuits everywhere. I've, I've heard certain, uh, uh, comedic pundits saying like, I think next he's just going to sue everybody. Like we're all literally going to have to show up to court, uh, and prove that we voted, uh, legally or whatever. Um, but besides that, I I honestly see the Trump administration doing a whole scorched earth policy on their way out, uh, trying to set as many things in stone or as close to stone before they leave, just just to make thing hard, make things harder for the next people coming in, and that can be a very dangerous thing. If he was, I'm gonna say I was about to say if he was smart, he would do X, Y, and Z. But he's not smart, so I'm not even going to go there. Right. You might. You said scorched earth, and I was immediately. I thought like it could mean literally because he's uh, loosened the um, uh, loosened uh, security and protection detail around uh, nuclear um, power plants. Oh well, there you go. Uh, according to NPR, so I don't know. I mean, like that's that seems kind of fishy to me, but uh, um, that's. That's a scary thing that's happening. Um, but I digress. Uh, I think we should switch over to the uh, robot section. Wow. How long has it been since we've said that? 
<laughs> wow, it's been a while. It's kind of like old school RVT. Old school, yeah. <laughs> Where- now that the fucking heart attack and depression is over, we can get back to kind of commenting here and there about politics again it's like when we used to record the show on vinyl and then release oh, yeah, it weekly right. remember that's those right. days yeah yeah it was very warm sound it yes was very warm sounding <laughs> um so <laughs> we watched peninsula Woohoo! um the uh south korean action thriller uh I- the zombie movie uh a sequel of Train to Busan. Yes, 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 yes. I just need to say off the back, I I loved it. Okay. I was uh meh. It was a kind of meh burger. What? <laughs> blasphemy. Yeah. I wish I knew how to say blasphemy in Korean because it would be that. Um I I thought it was good. I mean, I just didn't think it was uh, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was all right. It was solid solid thriller. Not as good as Train to Busan? No, by no stretch of the, like uh, did you think it was better? I did. For one, they're two they're, they they feel like two different movies. Hmm. This one doubles down on like at, at one point it turned into fucking Mad Max. <laughs> uh and I was not expecting that. Um <laughs> And then the second the second thing is that um, I just felt that the the smallness uh, of the story of Train to Busan, the way it was contained between a story about a father reconnecting with his daughter hmm. um, on the titular train to Busan, uh, it felt like it carried more weight to it than um, than this movie did because I I didn't feel like there was that much heart to it whereas the first one i thought it did especially like yeah they introduced the 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 family you know the family that the main character kind of turns away yeah uh which is a really cool twist in my opinion yeah i thought it was a little convenient i was just like (laughs) oh it's the lady oh (laughs) what are the odds in all of you know, in all of South Korea, she had to be the one. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I felt like the one character that I really felt uh, was the heart of the movie. He died, like he died, kind of unceremoniously. Too, I really like my heart went out to the guy who's that. It was his his um, old man Kim. No, no, no. It was the br- the the guy whose wife uh died in the opening. Oh, I see. I d- uh, yes. Uh Chu Not in the opening, but you know, in the in the beginning. Chu Min. Yeah. 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 Where uh her son got bitten. Yeah. And she was like there's no way I'm fucking leaving my son behind. And then she stayed to get fucking eaten by a horde of zombies on the on the boat. And and I was just like, oh, my God, that guy, I feel so bad for that guy. And then, you know, I watch him kind of uh, fall apart and then get thrown into this lion's den mm-hmm. where, like, you know, this the these goons, um, on when they go back to South Korea, when they go back to it, and it's like a zombie-infested dystopian wasteland. <laughs> 
where the last few remaining humans are thrown uh, have developed their own like hideous militarized society where they throw people into an arena to have them duke it out with fucking zombies i felt so bad for him i was just like this dude's misery never stops (laughs) um yeah towards the end and then towards the end he fucking dies and then i i was just like man okay i mean i guess i care about the little girls you know Uh, but chulman's death didn't affect me at all i mean yes he was he was uh put through the ringer but there was no i feel the way they structured the story and i appreciated this they didn't really develop anything with uh, his wife and son, like we saw them for all of five minutes, cumulatively, cumulatively all together, uh, for yeah. <laughs> for <It's a> <laughs> for um. No, I I can't pronounce it either. <laughs> <laughs> for for the beginning of the film, they only gave us a, a certain amount of minutes, and then you know to show us why the guy Chulmin is falling apart later, and then Chulmin, I, I feel like they didn't write him with any level of depth, like he was. Yeah, he was falling apart, but there was nothing there was nothing that really made me care about him. Like we just saw him get tortured, so we're we're th- we're we go along with him story-wise in regards to oh, oh my god, the situation just keeps getting worse. What would I do? What do I do to survive? It it's it's sucky. But the character himself, I was just like, eh, you know, I was maybe it was his acting because he definitely didn't pull me in like the character of uh of I'm, maybe I'm imp- mispronouncing this, Jung Siok, who seems to be our protagonist for the film. He's the one who actually pulled Chulmin away from his wife and son as they were being consumed. Um, he kind of did all he could do, and he had to save who he could save. Um, there is the sort of toss-up of could he have done more? And I feel that that the ambiguousness of that is what helped to draw me and connect me to the character because who among us hasn't felt that when we look back on a turning point in our life, whether it's traumatic or just really, really big. It's like, could I have done more? Did I do the right thing? You know, you're always left with the question. So I kind of connected with him on that. Chulman, uh, not so much. He's sort of he's sort of like the collateral of that. So I wasn't as right. attached to him. Now you told me about John Suk, right? With uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly either. Um, I hope I am. Um, but with regards to his journey, I I kind of felt the same things that you did. Um, but then there was something out of the blue that kind of took me out of the movie. It was very distracting. And I'm going to tell you, it's the one special effect they couldn't nail. It's his hairpiece. And it, <laughs> when he, it goes from short hair to long hair, I'm like, that hairpiece is terrible. <laughs> and I'm just like, they couldn't spring for a decent hair. Like, his, like, it's so noticeable. It's so distracting that I was just like, sometimes his hairline is different. It's just... <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't get past it I couldn't get past it I know it's very kind of like small uh, to notice but it it does make me feel like oh geez with all the with all the car chases and the gun the gunplay and all this shit that's going on 
They really couldn't spring for a decent hairpiece, man. Come on. That's because they spent all of the uh, effects money on Junie's driving sequences, which were fucking nuts. Like, this little girl knew how to make a Range Rover do things that Range Rover's were not meant to do like she it's she was like physically impossible for a Range Rover to do any of the things that it was doing in that movie that Range Rover was the Korean equivalent of Captain America's shield like she was just yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was doing shit with that she was just like she's like Tokyo Drift motherfucker <laughs> check out this check out the soul slide <laughs> The soul slide needs to become a thing. The soul slide is also paramount to, to manslaughter because it's just slot, like drifting, but just slamming into as many warm bodies or cold bodies as possible. <laughs> it's just like I, I, you know, there, there were movies. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Dawn of the. I'm a big fan of the movie Dawn of the Dead. I'm a big fan of, of the the Dead trilogy. Hmm. And uh, what I always thought about that movie was that I, it could use more like cars slamming into zombies. <laughs> and this was that. This was that in spades. It was just like, you like that? How about we turn it up to 11, you know? Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, at, at one point I was just like, is this car going to get any damage from <laughs> slamming into so many bodies? Nope. <laughs> And you're right. That car, like, the, she should be an Avenger. Like, she should be an Avenger, and that car should be, like, her suit, right? When she gets in that car, it's over. <laughs> she was she was a beast with that. Uh, yeah. And uh, her little sister, Eugen, she was just cute as a button. Yeah, adorable. And, but you could tell that she suffers from the whole, like, Carl from The Walking Dead. Like, I've seen too much hard shit, and now it's just normal to me. Because yeah. there was a point where they almost where they saw that they wouldn't be able to get past this uh, crush of uh, zombies sort of at the end of a tunnel. And she was just like, what's going on? Do I have to get involved? <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines from the movie. And I it literally it literally made me go, "Oh shit, what?" Like <laughs> for a second I thought she was going to go out there and like pull some crazy John Wick shit. <laughs> she's just like, "I have to get involved now. <laughs> Time to go to class, you know." <laughs> pull up Algebra 101. Pull out some like uh Hello Kitty AK47s, you know, and just <laughs> blast like, everybody. Little, like anime pistols <laughs> where she just like it all of a sudden the G, like the k-pop like bts just comes <laughs> in, slowly creeps into the soundtrack and she's like jumping around like fucking yoda at the fucking tail end of attack Revenge of the, of the clones Sith. yeah <laughs> yeah whichever one um but no, she she pulled out a fucking like an like a cute like bedazzled like remote control <laughs> like car remote control car. <laughs> I thought that was amazing, and it was brilliant. And she was she was a beast with that remote control effort. There's something in the the women in that family where they just the, their cars. You do what I say. I don't do what yeah, you exactly. say. <laughs> you are an extension of me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, and that's kind of you know the 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 movie has some winning properties, but there's just like um, 
there, I th- I think the the fact that it it expands into this dystopian kind of zombie apocalypse Mad Max style thing is that it felt kind of it, it all the 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 special effects and shit I felt like it took away from the overall like heart of the story. Yeah, yeah. I think this might have been. I don't know. There's something about it, and I'm probably wrong, but it felt like it was another zombie movie that was being based in South Korea that just got co-opted into the Busan universe, or may I say Busaniverse of uh, <laughs> of Korean zombie movies. Nice. And, uh, nice. you it's know, got 10 Cloverfield laned. I, I think it, uh, I think it got Cloverfield paradoxed is what it, what it yeah. did. Cause that was just going to be a, you know, just a space sci-fi movie. And then JJ was just like, nope. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of like, uh, mail and ballots did to Georgia. Oh, <laughs> this is not your mom's podcast. But, um, I'm at the end they really they really overdid it with the whole like are we gonna murder these girl this girl's mom on screen like are we gonna have her take herself out and you're just like no please they've been through so much and then finally they found a way to you know save her and I'm just like oh don't do that to me I felt that was kind of cheap um <laughs> I that's that's another thing I felt like it was too it, it, they they were milking that moment for every like last ounce of like yes emotion, and I was just like, "Come on, guys, let let's let's just get to the part where she jumps out of the fucking car and she makes a break for it." Um, <laughs> so I, I I don't know. Um, maybe that that's the cynical part of me. I don't know. Um, but overall, I thought it was I thought it was decent. I. I I'm excited to see where the next because I think there's going to be a ne- another sequel to it. I hope so. So, I I hope they bring back a few of the old characters. Um, I, I thought the original was uh, like aw- fucking aw- it's one of the best zombie movies ever made. Mm, true, um, true. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where the next one goes. Um, and it kind of sucks that they they never made it to the money. I was just like, I was hoping somebody, I was just like, somebody get the money. Also, I thought another thing that was comical, this, this movie suffers from, uh, uh, white actors in, (laughs) in, in Asian movies, um, where the acting is not so like that opening scene with like the talk show. Yeah. Just like, so, you know, uh, what do you expect? You know, what do you expect from, uh, the the uh, how long did it take for the sickness to take root in korea and then he was just like one day for one (laughs) i couldn't believe it It was just like god damn it took one day to cripple korea (laughs) it's like but you know what we have we have the um the advantage of like real of real life uh precedent because you know we know how well Korea did during COVID nineteen. Yeah, so it's like to to think that a zombie virus would do that to Korea. Now that's probably America. 
Have you heard anything about North Korea and how they're dealing with the COVID crisis, or has they have they gone dark completely? I th I think it's really hard to get any sort of real information out of there. It's definitely crossed over into the country, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how they're dealing with it. Um, yeah, like like everything else, it's just so dark. For all we know, it could have you know could have mutated by now. And uh, it's only a matter of time before we have like those husks from the girl with all the gifts uh, oh, just shit. just sort of explode and spread around the world with COVID-25, you know, so oh. <laughs> COVID-86, <laughs> it talks. <laughs> Trump 2020, 2028, you know, it's like it. It's a MAGA supporter. It'll probably sound like Ben Shapiro, though. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, your fac facts don't care about your feelings, you know? Okay? <laughs> I don't get my, my wife doesn't get wet. <laughs> my, my wife doesn't get wet. Vagina's not supposed to be moist. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's supposed to be like sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a hair's breadth away from turning into, like, Edward, like, fucking Chief Wiggum. Like, yeah, she ain't. You know, like, that guy. Like, <laughs> He's one accent away from turning into that guy. Oh man! Oh. <sighs> but uh, I think that's a good place to cap it. Actually, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, uh, folks. Thanks so much for listening to us. And uh, look, allow yourselves to take a breath. I think we've all earned it. Yes, we have. Um, and also, do yourselves a favor: download the Radio Free Brooklyn app. And uh, listen to more Radio Free Brooklyn shows like Rodent Hour. Um, and also check out the following shows, uh, The Hoof and Video Vampires for uh, for amazing reviews on movies and just slice of life stories and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, from both of us here, I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. I am the stone that the builder refused. I am the visual, the inspiration that made ladies sing the blues. I'm the spark that makes your idea bright. The same spark that lights the dark so that you can know you're left from your right. I am the ballad in your box, the bullet in the gun, the inner glow that let you know to call your brother son. The story that just begun, the promise of what's to come. And I'm going to remain a soldier till the war is won. Chop, chop, chop.